dives in for the touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sure he did. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. You're listening to the One Podcast. Hello and welcome to a social distancing version of the One Pridecast. I'm your host, Tori Petrie. Things look a lot different in our world right now. Usually we'd be bringing you episodes from the Lions practice facility in Allen Park. But because of the way the world is and the way we're social distancing and self-isolating, this podcast is coming to you from my closet. (laughs) And joining me on the other line is Mike O'Hara coming to you from his house. Mike, thank you so much for joining us via long distance here on the podcast. Well, I think we're taking this separation to an extreme level. I didn't realize uh, maybe I think we're shooting a movie, Six Counties of Separation, something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We are quite a ways apart, but we are still uh, making it work here. So thank you, Mike, for spending some time with me. Me personally, I'm enjoying a little bit of social interaction on this call slash podcast here. So thank you for entertaining me for a bit today. Well, I am too. And you know what, Tori, and, and look, I've been in the business a lot longer than you have. And I don't mean that in, like I'm going to, one of these guys going, hey, I'll tell you the way it was. But the, one of the things I've always liked about the newspaper business and what we do now is the interaction with the people you work with. I, that's why, and I think you've heard me say this before, I really prefer working in the office than I do working at home. And it's not for, uh, it's not because of the isolation or anything. I just like bouncing things off other people. I like, like when I was at the Detroit News, the sports department, I'd walk into entertainment and the business department and all that and kind of see what was going on. And I'm sure you could, I'm sure you're shocked to hear that I'd stick my nose in other people's <laughs> business, but I liked that. I, I just thought that was good. I thought it was encouraging. It was a way to you know, get ideas and all that. And, you know, somebody would say something where I would think it was by the, God, that's stupid. And then I go, wait a minute, that's so stupid. <laughs> you know, so now I've only got one dumbbell to run things over. And that's my, <laughs> when I look in the mirror and it is I, Well, I get to witness you sticking your nose in everything almost every day at the office, but I kind of miss that. The social isolation is is making me miss that aspect of things, but at least we can appreciate it more so that when we do go back to the office, uh, you know, we have have a better love for that. And I know we're all doing the right thing by staying home right now, Uh, but it definitely isn't a life adjustment. You said you just have your reflection. I've got my reflection in my cat, and that's about it. Well, I don't have a cat, but I'll just I'll, I'll keep in mind how much you said you miss it when I see you and our uh, boss, the managing editor, <laughs> Lindsay Miller, go down and bother her. Okay, and I'll tell her, Tori said it's okay, all right? All right, yeah, you can put that one on me for sure. I will definitely have to give her some heads up warning for this because I've 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 walked us both into a corner here now. Uh, Lindsay and I sit at kind of the little snack table in our office, so we get frequent visitors, and and Mike is always dropping off some chocolates on the snack table or taking some chocolates, one or the other, so I'm sure we'll be seeing lots more of that once we get back in the office. Tell me how you're keeping busy right now. Well, you know, doing some work, too, and honestly, it's, it's, we've got the draft coming up, uh, as you all know, first round is April 23rd, and you know, with you know Lindsey Miller's direction, we've kind of changed the way we're doing our capsules on, on the, the player capsules on the positions, and it's really instead of like the top ten prospects at every position, it's like the top five or six who might fit with the Detroit Lions, not just fit with the entire National Football League. So, for your people out there, we're really focusing on you, you know, the Detroit Lions fans and anybody else, of course, on, for example. Uh, pass rushers, edge rushers. We start with, you know, with Chase Young and and what the Lions might have to do to ring him free from the draft and be available for them at three or make some, you know, some just off off the chart calculated move to get up to number 
number two to get him. And then and, and same thing with the quarterbacks and running backs and all those positions. It's really focused more on, on what the Lions are. And maybe I've told you this before, but, you know, I, I look, I love the combine. I really do. I love talking to the kids and the other people. Big surprise. I even listen once in a while, too. And I like, you know, putting together the, the, the charts and the graphs and, and, the, and, the, and the, you know, mock drafts and reading them. And, and geez, I think when I, by the time I get done, I probably know the inseam size of every player who's on the draft because I just read so <laughs> much stuff. And, and, then, and it, you know, also it's fun, like, sort of playing general manager with the rest of the league. Now, we only have, you know, the three picks to go on here, the first three. I'm not really testing my wits that far, but it, but it's fun. You know, I had a sit-down with, with Bob Quinn, the general manager of the Lions, last year. About, you know, about probably a good half an hour of just talking. I, finally, I asked him, just really, he said this before, do, do you really look at other mock drafts? And he does. He finds them they're interesting. And you never know where somebody might have a nugget in there on a player, somebody down the line. That, that a team might draft that, that you take a look at. Now, I'm not saying he gets his information from us. I'm not saying that. He just finds it interesting. Yeah. I mean, you're staying busy writing about the draft, and I know you're staying busy writing as well about free agency, which is what we're going to chat about here on the podcast today. I mean, we've been doing our best with making the most of the situation and still being able to connect with these free agents via phone calls and for myself via Skype. So uh, we're trying to do our best to introduce fans to to these players, but it's it's been an interesting way of of getting to know these players, and, and I've honestly really enjoyed it. I think they've all been really good so far at helping us get to to know them from afar. Yeah, I'd agree with that too. I, I really would. And, you know, I, I, I wrote one uh, for today for DetroitLions.com on Danny Shelton and, you know, really a guy who's persevered in life. And I think you were on the call too, because I saw your, uh, your, your interview, well, obviously you were on the call and then had a one-on-one with them for our website, DetroitLions.com. Yeah. And, and they're interesting. Everybody's, you know, just about every kid out there, he's like, you call these guys kids. Uh, well, to me, he is. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> these grandkids, uh, <laughs> no, they've all got a story. And Danny Shelton's really kind of started when he was a tremendous uh, athlete in, at Auburn, Washington. Think about that. He should have gone to Auburn, but he went to the University of Washington. <laughs> and and he was not just a, a tremendous football player. He was a tremendous track and field athlete. I mean, he put the shot 68 feet and some inches as a high school player. Now it's a 12-pound shot, not the 60 60, 16 pound shot. And Troy, as you know, I absolutely love track and field. It's probably one of my favorite yeah. sports watching it. I love, I love the running and the, all that other stuff. But then, you know, he's, what, he's, a, he's what, like an 18 year old senior in high school or just graduated. And his brother gets shot and killed and overcame that. And, and then, you know, overcame playing three years with the Cleveland Browns. And how about this? He goes from zero and 16, zero wins and 16 losses with the Browns in 2017 to winning the Super Bowl in 2018 with the New England Patriots. Talk about a kid with a story. There you go. Yeah, that is definitely quite the turnaround. And and, and like you said, Mike, I, I think it's really cool to get to know these guys on a personal level. And, and we're getting to do that maybe even more so right now considering the current circumstances uh, than we would on a usual week when there is just a flood of of news happening. I mean, I would be preparing to head off to the owners' meetings right now if it weren't for everything that's going on. Uh, but instead, we're kind of taking our time getting to know these free agents. So there are some benefits to it, uh, for sure. Um, so, Mike, we've, we've been following everything that's been happening with uh, free agency, with trades, with players being released. Now, everything that we talk about uh, here on the podcast today 
any time we mention free agents, technically they are players who the Lions have agreed to terms with. Uh, that is that is the phrase that we have to use right now because of the current circumstances and the craziness of trying to complete a physical uh, under what's going on right now. So the term is agreed to terms uh, and so we'll we'll try to use that but just understand that that's what we're talking about when we refer to those free agents so Mike between players being released between trades and between players that the Lions have agreed to terms with what sticks out in your mind as the biggest most newsworthy one well obviously and, and this is probably true of, of probably 28 of the, of the 32 teams the players you lose for some reason seem to be the story and, and one was the trade of course of Darius Slay the quarterback to the Philadelphia Eagles and all the noise that went with it. But I think for a guy who wanted to be traded, I think getting a third-round pick, which was in the top 80s, 85, I think, something like that, out of the Eagles, plus a fifth-round pick for Slay, for a guy who wanted to be traded, made it known he wanted to be traded. I think Bob Quinn and his staff, you know, Kyle O'Brien and everybody else who's involved in that stuff, I think they did a really good job of maximizing the value for a player who's like 29 going on 30 years old. Now, look, Slay, I'm not, you know, booting him out the door and, and talking bad about him. He was a good player here in Detroit and a pretty good guy with the media. But I think the Lions did, did, did as well as they can do. And they get, when you give draft capital or draft assets like that with a third-round pick, especially in this draft coming up with a, you know, with just the deep and wide receivers and maybe some defensive backs and some running backs and things like that, I think, I think they did the best they could do. And then, of course, Graham Glasgow signed with the Broncos. But from the Lions' standpoint, you know what, the one that we can talk about that really – really intrigues me is Deron Harmon, the safety defensive back cornerback from New England Patriots. That guy, you know, just coincidentally, I was watching, I think it was either ESPN or I forget what network had the great Super Bowl games on over the weekend. And here in the Rams 13-3 win over the, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Patriots 13-3 win over the Rams. Here's this big kid coming out of nowhere to help strip a ball at the goal line and make it an incomplete pass. Deron Harmon, if you look at him, Tory. Here's a guy who's played a high snap count. In other words, teams really rotate safeties and rotate defensive linemen more than they do players at most other positions. So they're getting a guy who's played big-time games and excelled in big-time games. I think he'll add something to the Detroit Lions. And the same thing, Tory. just one thing, just to backtrack a little bit on Danny Shelton. He said that you know, he had to really kind of break his way and learn, you know, learn the you know, the ins and outs of playing for the New England Patriots. One of the things he stressed, by the way, was he loved the teamwork and the and the mentality and the expectations there. But his first year, he played 13 games, one start, but he did make a big uh, big tackle for a loss on a big second down play uh, midway through the second quarter of that Super Bowl win over the Rams. And then last year in 2019, he played 49% of the defensive snaps, which really is, that's the rotation for a nose tackle. Probably didn't play an awful lot on, on third down passing situations, but he did his job. And, and not only that, he did manage to get three and a half sacks, which were his career high. So we're getting, you know, both of those young guys, I know, yeah, they do have the Patriot background to a degree, but, but they're, I don't see anything wrong with getting players who've won Super Bowls and started for Super Bowl teams. No, definitely not. And another guy that you bring in like that is Jamie Collins. You know, he joins yeah. this team. And when I talked to Tim yesterday, we kind of did a little Skype video where we broke this down. And that was Tim's thought was the, the biggest guy who, who would make the biggest impact immediately on this defense was, was Jamie Collins. Do you feel like that might be the case? I think it could be. I, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe you have a different opinion on this. I'm not sure. But do you think it's a one-for-one one replacement or exchange for Devon Kennard, who, you know, was released and 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 
has agreed to terms with the Arizona Cardinals, which is his hometown team. He grew up in the Phoenix area. But I think Jamie Collins has shown throughout his career, and he's had a couple of tours with the Patriots, that he's a, at times is a big playmaker, big big time playmaker. And I think he has the possibility, the opportunity to prove that here here in Detroit. Now you got to produce. You know, we look, you know, we look at a lot of things, and sometimes they look great coming in, and then for whatever happens, injury and all that. And the, you know the Detroit Lions defensive line front seven last year just got shredded, I mean big time with injuries. You talk about players that they were counting on from Jared Davis and and, and Mike Daniels who got signed and 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 Deshaun Hand and they got really not a lot out of those players who were supposed to be, you know, three of their core players in the front seven. So but but coming in Jamie Collins, he's played a lot of football. He's looked like he's been a pretty healthy guy, and I think he'll help him a lot. All right, let's talk about the quarterback position. I know this is a position that you like to talk about, Mike. They bring in Chase Daniel to back up Matthew Stafford. How do you think that that will impact the quarterback room this year? Well, I just genuflected when you mentioned Matthews. As you know, I'm a big fan of Matthew Stafford. (laughs) Uh, You know, the entire 2019 season, it's a tale of two seasons, with Matthew Stafford and without, they went 0-8 without him last year. Was I surprised that there was a drop-off in efficiency without Stafford? Absolutely not. Did I think they would go 0-8? Absolutely not. I thought, but there were there were two or three games where clearly quarterback play, I think, cost the Detroit Lions games, cost them wins. And I'm not going to, whether it was Jeff Driscoll or, or David Blau, doesn't matter, but just guys who weren't ready to play at that level. Stafford was playing at an MVP level. I heard them say that again this morning on ESPN, one of the one of the shows Get Up or whatever they've got, you know, I don't know however many shows, but Stafford had played that well. Chase Daniel I think is an upgrade as a backup quarterback, but to to say that he's he's if something happens to Stafford, he's gonna take the ball and and, and, and lead the Detroit Lions offense without it without missing the beat. You know, to me, that's you know, that's really not realistic to think that. But I think he is an upgrade over what they, what they had. If the only they could make it retroactive a year and a half to when he started against the Lions on Thanksgiving Day, when the Lions were still in the hunt to make the playoffs for the Chicago Bears, I might add, and he really outplayed, you know, outplayed Matthew Stafford. Had a couple of late, uh, late game deciding interceptions, one return for a touchdown, one in the end zone on the last chance to tie the game. But I like the signing of Chase Daniels. But what it says to me, probably is that there's another quarterback of the Detroit Lions future, Tory, and it's probably in the draft at some point. And I don't mean another seventh-round pick that you're going to try and, you know, breathe oxygen in their gills, but somebody who's really a good, live, young football player who has starting potential some way, somewhere down the road. I enjoy your, your metaphors, Mike. Breathe oxygen into their gills. But that is a really good point. <laughs> That's a really good point about the draft. Why are you though. gasping for air? <laughs> I guess I need some of that oxygen. <laughs> uh, no, I appreciate the entertainment uh, during this little uh, self-isolation. So back to your point about the draft. I think that that is a really good point about bringing in another quarterback. Now, I asked him this about if he felt like this eliminated Tua Tungavailoa at the number three pick. Mike, when we talked to the Combine, you felt like that was definitely a possibility for the Lions. Where do you stand on that now? I, I still think it's a possibility. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the first choice. But it's a possibility. Look, I don't think there's any, in my mind, I wouldn't say it's 100% certain. I would say it's 110% certain that the Detroit Lions' first choice is Chase Young. I don't, to me, 
There's no doubt about that. And that Chase Young is, as you know, the edge rusher from Ohio State. Right. He fits the defense. He fits the need. He does everything. Really, honestly, if you could sign him for a 10-year con- contract the day of the draft, the rules allowed it, you'd probably do it. That, that's, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions made a trade to move up to number two. I doubt that, that that's going to happen. But to me, that's that's where they where they need to go. To a possibility, I mean a possibility and a strong possibility, but boy, you're just you're just giving up on 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 immediate help at positions. You could you could use it, and that could be you know Jeffrey Okuda, cornerback out of out of Ohio State. It could be a Simmons, a linebacker from Clemson. It could even be oh you know the the premier nose tackle in the draft, uh, uh, Derek, Derek Brown out of Auburn. Yeah, sure. We're really pounding that SEC there, Tori. I don't know why. Hey, I don't mind but... it. <laughs> just a Florida grad from the glory days in Florida. Yeah, exactly. That's about 10 or 15 years ago, but anyway. Okay, Mike. Just kidding. But no, but you understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Those are guys who, who played big games for big teams and and, and, and and excelled. So you can't you can't discount them either. But Tua, I think, is a possibility. I, I just think it's probably about the third possibility, but, but, but certainly a possibility. Well, to that same point, do you think that the Lions – uh, parting ways with Darius Slay means that they are more likely to target Jeff Okuda at number three. Well, I think it certainly clears the deck. Really, I mean, I don't see, I don't see Kuda going in the top three. I just talked to uh, uh, Jeff Hobson, the writer down on the Cincinnati Bengals website. He used to work for the Boston, I think it was the Boston Globe or the, or the Herald, one of the others. Covered the NFL forever. And he just sees no way that the, that they're not going to draft uh, Joe Burrow out of uh, out of LSU number one. So that's just the next one has got to be Chase Young or a trade down, and that leaves you know a trade down for a team that takes him or takes a quarterback, and then that leaves Okuda and Brown and Simmons right there at number three. And I don't think you can go wrong with any one of those three. It's just a matter of which one you take. The Stadium Collection, located inside Gate A at Ford Field, is your one-stop shop for all your Detroit Lions merchandise needs. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. The Stadium Collection has something for every Lions fan in your life to show their pride. Well, let's talk about some of the, the defensive acquisitions that the Lions have made during this free agency. Um, you know, we've talked about it. The defensive line was certainly a place of need. Uh, you said Chase Young, I think a lot of people would agree that that is a dream scenario if they could get Chase Young in the draft as an edge rusher, but they picked up a couple of guys uh, to fill gaps in the middle of that defensive line. Uh, Nick Williams and Danny Shelton, do you feel like those guys are going to help improve what the Lions put out there on defense last year? Well, I think they're better off right now. I'm projecting this to September 8th or 9th or whenever the season starts. I think they're better right now in the interior of the defensive line on opening day of 2020 than they were on closing day of 2019 with Snacks Harrison, who it just worn mm-hmm. out. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the tires were flat, the got of gas, you name it. The whole thing was gone and the transmission blown. He just had nothing, whatever, for whatever reason, he was a non-contributor. Mike Daniels, who they signed just before the start of training camp, was hurt all year. He, you know, he was a very powerful player with Green Bay, went healthy, but he wasn't healthy here in Detroit. And then Deshaun Hand, like I said, just just a terrific fourth-round draft pick prospect two years ago out of Alabama, really has a future there, and never got going last year. 
Austin Bryant, fourth round draft pick out of Clemson, barely saw him play. Only game he played any snaps in was the last one. So I think they're better off up front right now, right this minute, than they were the way they closed last year's season because of injuries, which injuries led to lack of performance, lack of production, lack of playing time. Well, I definitely think it is music to Lions fans' ears to feel like they are at a better place right now than they were last year on the defensive front because that was certainly one of this team's weaknesses last year. But then you look at the secondary. The Lions have added several pieces there, some uh, you know, guys who have mostly played special teams up to this point. Uh, but Desmond Trufant is kind of the name that sticks out when it comes to the acquisitions in the secondary. Do you feel like he steps in and is able to take over at least part of the role that Darius Slay was playing. Well, he's going to probably take over the whole role. It's just a question if he, if he takes it over and plays just as well. Now, look, I'm not sure. saying this is the Bible, Tori, but, you know, I belong, I, you know, I, I have a subscription to Pro Football Focus, and I'll admit, I've never been the, to me, it's not, it's not the Bible to me. In fact, the Bible, only the Bible is the Bible, but anyway, you know what I mean. And I hear they, they, But they, the, they, rate, they gave Desmond Trufant they rated him the number 32 cornerback in the league. I get the, the basic ratings. The one Tim Twentyman gets is a lot more detailed than mine. But number 32 cornerback in the league and Darius Slate, number 83. I don't believe either one, to be honest with you. But at least they're getting a guy who's a, who's a proven National Football League starting cornerback, and he's still young enough to have – I don't know if you have upside when you're 28 or 29 years old as a, as a, uh, as a cornerback – but you certainly have a proven record, and Desmond Trufant has a proven record. And so I think they've got a starting National Football League cornerback there. Let's flip to the offensive line. Uh, the Rick Wagner release, I think, was uh, one that we didn't quite see coming because he was uh, still under contract. And then the Lions pick up Halapulavadi Vaitai uh, to step in there, or Big V. We could just call him Big V here on on the podcast. Um, but yeah, what do what do you think of that uh, kind of trade? Not not necessarily a trade transaction, but flipping out those two players along the offensive line. Well, I think you know, I think Rick Wagner was was a good pickup three years ago. Once again, a guy that, you know, he look, he only missed, I think it was, what, six games, eight games. But there were also a lot of games he left early, too, because of injury. So you look at his snap count, and it was really lower than his actual games started and games played would seem to indicate. And then, of course, he played, you know, he played hurt quite a bit, too. I think he was a good, tough guy, but just not as available and, and not as good as you thought he would be, at least through the course of, through the, you know, through the three years he was here. You know, just coincidentally this uh the guy you just mentioned <laughs> Vitae uh Paul Domowich has covered the uh Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia for since the middle 1980s and he called to ask me about Darius Slay and I said well, hold on a second quit pro quo doctor I want to know about uh about <laughs> about Vitae first and then I'll tell you everything I know about Slay and he really sure. liked him now he really liked him as a prospect, a good, solid player, probably better at tackle than he is at guard. Well, the Lions, I think, want him at tackle. And so I think it's it, it was a good signing, great signing, I don't know, but a good signing. And uh, based on everything I know, the contract is a lot less than has been reported, too. 
Well, I think we've pretty much covered the the main points that have happened so far in free agency. I mean, Mike, I think that Lions free agency, NFL free agency has been a welcome relief for a lot of people uh, just looking to distract themselves from the anxiety of world events that are happening right now. I mean, you know, so many sports have had to put their seasons on hold or cancel them altogether. Uh, we obviously would all be watching March Madness right now if it, if it weren't for this. Um, but, you know, the NFL season has rolled on, and although it looks different, we still are kind of getting uh, that NFL news, and it's been kind of nice to, to be able to enjoy sports in some little way. Well, I agree with you, Terry. That's a great point by you. And also, look, I've been watching, like, on the Golf Channel, some of the, like, I've been watching the Velspar tournament from 2018. I think I can do the play-by-play on it now. And the same thing with some you know, older you know, NBA games and, 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 like you mentioned, the college games. But you're really getting live, up-to-date news and lives, live and up-to-date uh, commentary on it. I'm sure, look, we're overdoing it because you – know, what else is there? But the National Football League has really had live business as usual. And I'd just like to make just one one point here really quickly. Uh, it, it just goes to show you that, you know, I remember it was a two weeks ago. Well, look, we could never start the league year on time. Yeah, you can. Because front offices, the Detroit Lions among them, do this work in advance. They're also getting ready because there might have been a different collective bargaining agreement if it hadn't been approved by the players. And so they were ready to go in right as soon as the gun went off. Teams were, were bringing it, not bringing in, but making deals with players, agreeing to terms. And really, it reminded me an awful lot, Tori, like 2011 sure. when there was a lockout and nothing started until the start of training camp. And guess what? Detroit Lions signed Stephen Ulick and, 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 and a couple of other guys. And you know what? They, they came out of the gate, won their first five games and made the playoffs. So... And the tougher the situation is, the teams that are prepared and the teams that are ready to roll first are the ones that are going to succeed. And we'll see if the Detroit Lions, they've held up their end of the bargain at getting players. We'll see what happens when we get to the season. We certainly will. Well, Mike, thank you so much for spending some time on the phone, on the podcast with me here today. It has been a welcome relief for myself. And now I guess I got to get back to hanging out with my cat. Well, I never heard, never thought I'd hear you say talking to me was a welcome relief, but I have got Me neither. I never thought so either. (laughs) I will remember that. (laughs) Well, Um, Mike, stay safe, stay healthy out there, and we will see you hopefully once we get all back into the office. All right, Tori. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.